Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Jordan Heffler, Ryan Winthrop, and Annie Stoller, who's here for her first podcast with us. Yeah, making my pod debut. Uh, shout out to all the fans watching live. This is really exciting. Uh, and thanks to everyone for having me. Um, really happy to be here. Of course. And what a brutal vote out for, I believe, the fifth time in a row, maybe even sixth time in a row. Just I, I would like to just start by hearing everyone's reaction. I know that a lot of people picked Yule to go far, maybe even win. And next thing you know, boom, he's the uh, last old school players out. And there's currently no old school players left in the game. I'm sad. I'm, I'm very sad right now. Yeah, I, I can't go much deeper than that. I'm upset, too. Yeah, it's. Look, I, I thought that I thought that the season was building up to like and I know Hef mentioned this in one of our earliest pods. I thought that they were building him up to be like the hero the entire game. Um, you know, he's playing for uh, Penner's wife, ALS. I thought they were building him up to be like a devastating vote out at like when there's like five or six left, maybe four left where he doesn't win the final immunity. And next thing I know, gone before the merge. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think Yule was slated to go far as well. I mean, I, I, I think even if he didn't go far, he could be like the uh, the merge boot and go out right after the merge. I thought for sure he was going to make it there, though. So it's a pretty shocking vote. I'm sure we'll talk through Nick and Michelle's decision here, um, but I'm, I'm a little surprised. I agree. Yeah. And before I say anything, I want to give a shout out to my friend Jordan Silverstein for keeping up with this season and doing his research on every single player so he could really get a fundamental knowledge of everything. Shout out to you, Jordan. But I got to say, guys, the real winner of this season, in my opinion, is the editors. I mean, like, every single vote out, I feel like I think so-and-so is going to get voted out, and it seems like the other person who I would never would have imagined gets voted out gets voted out. So we lost Annie. And I mean, raise I, the flag. Don't raise the flag, Annie. <laughs> Yeah, I think the real winner here is the editors. Like, who would have thought that Yule would get voted out before the merge? It's actually crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I was watching with my family, and we were all saying the whole time, like, uh, like they they played up Wendell these last few weeks as the villain um, at odds with Michelle, and now Michelle's finally gonna cut his throat and be be the victor in this. What looks like to be what looks to be a conflict, and at least the editors are trying to make it seem like it's a conflict. But I know we'll get into this later. I'm not really sure that it is. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm looking forward to getting into it, but they could be closer than meets the eye. I think people always say in Survivor, you could believe words if you want, but you really only know where people's loyalty lies once they vote. And even though Michelle stuck with Parvati last week, they uh, Michelle and Wendell voted together this week. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, just like we do with you know, normal podcasts here, even though we're live, we're not going to change up how we normally do things. Uh, we're going to go chronological order in the episode and we'll just give our thoughts on each, each aspect as we go, you know, mixing in some questions, you know, we'll look at the comment section this time now that we have live and we'll try to interact with fans as we go. Um, but yeah, and hopefully, uh, Annie, you'll be back in here at some point. Um, but let's start off. So, First, so first it starts off with Sandra, who shockingly raises the flag at Edge of Extinction. I don't think anybody saw this coming, except especially from a player like uh, of Sandra's caliber. And I think that in the end, she kind of just figured, I know that I'm going to have to win some kind of challenge in order to get back. And there's absolutely no way that I'm winning a challenge, let alone against all these great players and athletes out here. And it was kind of, uh, 
I want to say historic scene where they, it was kind of like, it was, it was Sandra's last send off. She said, yeah. in she's retired from survivor. You know, she's learned a lot. She's taken a, a lot away from it and now it's over. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll just say that she went out on her own accord. Um, I can't give any disrespect to Sandra. Again, I'm somebody who thinks you can't win twice without it being a fluke. Once can be a fluke twice. Can't be a fluke. She's a great player. Um, and I think that, listen, I don't like I don't like quitting. I think that if you're on the edge, you should stick out. Especially if you're a winner, you should stick it out until the end, no matter what. But I think, Dylan, you have a point, though. It's like if she's sitting there with some of the best challenge competitors in history, her chances of winning, unless it's a luck-based carnival game, she's not going to win it. So if you know for a fact you can't win, why put yourself through a month of just misery? So I don't like raising the mast, but I can at least see where she's coming from. And Ryan, to kind of piggyback off that, I want to touch upon a few things you just said. Okay. One, her second win was probably a fluke. Mm, no, no. You're sitting next to Russell Hans in Parvati Shallow, and you somehow come out the victor for doing nothing the entire season. You shouldn't have won. But um, I, if I empathize with Sandra on this, she was very self-aware, and she understood that. And she understood that she probably doesn't fare a chance in this ch- in a challenge to get back in the game. But that being said, if I had to ask you right now, how many days after she first arrived on the edge would she be competing to get back in the game? Like, she'll be competing to get back in with the, at the merge, probably. So what, three or four days? You can't you can't um, stick it out. You can't stick it out for three or four days and to get a shot I mean, at two million dollars. I mean, half she could, but like, she's not going to win that challenge. So she's like, I might as well just go home or go to Ponderosa and get some rice or get some sleep i mean like if you can't win oh annie's back <laughs> i'm sorry i've been having a lot of computer problems lately I'm just carrying on. it's okay no we, we were just talking about sandra uh leaving off the edge so what are your thoughts on that i mean can i say i'm surprised no but i mean i don't know it's just like she's one of the greats and to see her go out like that with her last like so i follow the reddit like i don't know if you guys also like go on the reddit um Mm -hmm. like live discussion but Mm -hmm. one of the points that someone made was like this is her last confessional ever which is like crazy to think because she's such like i don't know an important player to this game and she's like changed so much just like i get it's like disappointing as a fan but like i also get it like she's not a physical threat so she wouldn't really have much of a shot to get back in so i feel like she kind of was smart in that way why stay on edge of extinction when i know that like i have no shot of getting well can i ask you guys something would you guys go on a deserted island with one tiny bowl of rice for three days straight if it meant you have a one out of let's say a hundred chance of of getting a chance to compete for two million dollars would you guys do that yeah i well i I would say yes but this is a different scenario just because Uh, how is it any different well, because she's won twice, so she has won the two million. So I don't think that this I don't think she's in it for the money. I think she's in it for herself. Like okay. We're talking about the queen here. The queen is in it for the money. She said that she <laughs> said that over and over. Well, she's in it for the money, but I think that she just she looks, I think she knew that once once Edge of Extinction was announced, she had her decision made already. Like that's just that's what I think. So I don't think okay. she was I don't think she was considering when the merges, even though she probably should have been. But to move on here, before we get back to Edge of Extinction, they did pan over to the Sele tribe where, you know, Wendell was having very different talks with Yule and Michelle. Uh, it's And as expected, it seems like that people were pretty disappointed in him for what he did at Tribal with Poverty in what was clearly going to be a, and I mean, it was a 3-2 vote, and he made it seem otherwise for no apparent reason, it seemed like, other than personal gain. 
Um, yeah, no, I feel like Yule did the right thing here. I feel like Yule, I mean, obviously, if you watch the episode, you know that it's not going to work out for Yule in the end, but he did the right thing about trying to debrief Wendell after Tribal and just going in and saying, look, I get what you were trying to do. Um, I just want to let you know that I still want to work with you. I think that if you can just keep like a level head, we can move far in this game. I think Yule did a good job. Yule didn't, to me, it sounded like he didn't like critique him or chastise him. He tried to bring him back in. So Yule had the right idea here. I just guess, I just guess Wendell didn't want to move forward with him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I was, I was really happy when I saw that conversation because I'm like, oh, these these two awesome guys are going to get back together. And even though I like Michelle, I'd rather them stay. I'd rather them uh, stay together than have one of them go away. And we, and unfortunately one of them did, but Wendell, it seems like he has a two-sided personality. This guy, what's going on here? Yeah. Wendell is getting the shit end of the stick in the edit for sure. I mean, I, Wendell seemed, he seems like a completely different person than when he played with Dom in, uh, in season 36. And Annie has dipped out again, but uh, she'll be back. But yeah, I mean, he seems like a completely different person. I know a lot of that is editing, but like the first time he seems like such a humble winner, kind of just like, I know that maybe Dom's personality might have overshadowed Wendell, but like, wow. That's he, a fair point, actually. Yeah, he's he's really getting a uh, villain edit here. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I mentioned this to some of my friends. I feel like Dominic being aligned with Wendell back in Ghost Island may have, you know, overshadowed this side of Wendell. Um but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I do feel that it is the edit and he is getting a really raw end of the stick. I'm sure it's not as bad as you're making it out to be. Even with him calling Jeff out in the challenge, you could call that being like really co- cocky and confident. But if you remember, he lost a immunity challenge back in Ghost Island. Jordan, Jordan knows where I'm going with this. Oh, I was all over it, Ryan. He lost a challenge back in Ghost Island because he didn't yell for Jeff to come look at his puzzle in time and Laurel sniped it from him. So he's trying to, you know correct that i just think the edits having a ball with it and they're just running with it yeah and one i love that point sorry don't cut you off but i love that point and i was and i was telling my friend shout out jordan jordan silverstein that he wasn't he wasn't calling jeff over to be cocky and to be flashy or, or to trash talk but he wanted jeff to come over so that if it was a photo finish as it was he might have been able to get to get lucky and have Jeff give them the win instead of the other, instead of the other tribe. So, um, I mean, I love Wendell. I love that personality. I obviously he's a little cocky, but I think that's just a sign of an awesome player. And I kind of hate that he's getting this, this villain card assigned to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, clearly this is not the end of Wendell's story. So I think that there's at least for this season, and there's going to be a lot more with Wendell and Michelle coming up that we're going to talk about. But what I do want to talk about is, they kind of snuck it in there and it came back later um, when Sally was the tribe that ended up going to tribal council. But Michelle, after receiving Parvati's three fire tokens after last tribal council decided that she was going to give one to Wendell. Now, if you're, if we're following what the edit has been, which makes it seem like they've been fighting, like you're saying, what in the world are they doing? Is she doing? But I think this, this just shows what a lot of people who have looked at this in depth have thought. There's something going on between Wendell and Michelle, whether it's some kind of secret alliance or they're purposely trying to make it seem like they're at odds to help them in the game. They're clearly aligned, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the finale and Wendell and Michelle are both there and we get a quick flashback to today, 
13 and it says we're going to pretend like we're fighting the whole time and we're actually working together and no one will see it coming because we broke up on bad terms i think it does make sense i feel like you don't give up one fire token which is so important even uh yule and other people were saying we don't know what this currency will turn into you don't just willingly give that away because you want to make a bomb with somebody especially if that's your ex so i do think that they are closer i still think it's a risky play i know michelle has four tokens to play with so even giving one to wendell leaves her with three left i still think it's a really risky play though if he stabs you in the back and if you're listening come back in here and in my opinion on this one i feel like it was just really naive on michelle's part like i feel like she's trying to what's jake saying wendell's gonna flip on michelle very soon after the merge yeah i agree with that wendell is clearly using michelle as a pawn at this point and i think michelle is kind of overlooking wendell's um wendell's thinking about how he wants to flip and he's not really a lot he's not really loyal to any particular people in the in the game right now so I think that Michelle's being really naive and giving up a super valuable fire token where I think it's only going to get val- going to get more valuable the more people the more that people are voted out. I mean, I feel like it's really quickly Dylan. I feel like that it's a, it half it is a risky play, but Michelle is a very good social player. I know she's not regarded as a, you know, a big move maker in the game, but she's a really amazing social player, so she has to imagine Wendell and I could get along. He is a player that is enticed by incentives he's incentivized to get a token hey annie Um, yeah if wendell gets one of michelle's tokens he might be incentivized to come back to her and say at least she gave me a token poverty didn't so i can try to work something out with michelle so i feel like to jake's point wendell could flip on michelle but i actually feel like they might go a bit far together yeah i think that um I think that the duo is eventually going to be at odds and we don't know when it's going to be. Is it going to be right when they merge? Is it going to be in the final six where Michelle realizes that Wendell's going to try to cut, kind of going to try to vote her out or the other way around. Look, I, I know Ryan, I know you just referenced, you know, we could see them sitting at the final three together and they start showing flashbacks of these episodes. I also think it's possible that they could flip on each other very soon. So we'll see how far this pre-existing relationship really does take them. But then right after all this happens, we go right back to Edge of Extinction where we have a classic Boston Rob moment. And it's really nice just to, even though, even on Edge of Extinction, just to see one of those classic Rob moments again. Yeah. Annie, what are your thoughts? To- oh, go in. Yeah, I thought, sorry again, man, old computer. I do apologize. Um, I think it was cool seeing them. Yeah, like I'll go for the tokens. I think it was legendary of Rob for him to go out there and be like, yeah, like I got all three just like being classic Rob. Um, although I think it was funny that he just like didn't help Amber with like anything. He was just like completely like going for it on his own, which is just like kind of funny because like, bro, like help your wife, but also like I totally get it. I also shout out to the edit. Um, I thought it was really cool, kind of keeping us all on our toes. Really, oh yeah, like Tyson, like he got the one, and then like they're gonna go spend like hours and hours looking for the last three. Um, but then out of hindsight, Rob's like, yeah, like I had three of them in my pocket already. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like... Go, ahead. go. You. <laughs> oh, no, I was saying Amanda says in the chat that she loves Boston Rob, and I agree Boston Rob is amazing. I do think... Shout out, Amanda. Yeah, I do think that he did tell... He had to tell Amber at some point. I'm sure off camera, I'm sure they go to the yeah. water well. I'm sure he told her. Um, I do say... I will say, though, Hef is right. The editing has been amazing this season. Um, but they started doing this actually a couple seasons ago. I think early season 30s, they started to do, like, flashback moments where they don't show you 
someone finding an idol or they don't show you something happening and they go, oh, by the way, this happened and they quickly flash over. And it's, I feel like it makes the show more, like even more exciting because you feel like anything can happen at any point and it's not like leading up to a conclusion. It could just be popped in right away. I don't have much to add anymore because you guys covered it all, but I do want to point out that Boston Rob running, being the first one to run off was my favorite part of it all. Loved it. Also hilarious when they showed him flipping on that rock. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I agree. And then Tyson was, of course, comes in with this comment is like, yeah, he's a little bit of a porky guy. So I thought I had, I thought I had some an, an edge on him, but. I thought like Tyson was like, he was like, I'm amazing. Like I already found an idol. And then Rob's like, yeah, I found three. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this tremendously obviously boosts Rob's odds of coming off, coming off the edge of extinction. And I know that, you know, he, he is older and may not be, he, he may not have the challenge. He may not be as good as challenges as he once was, but those fire tokens will be able to get him what we think is going to be a huge advantage in the challenge. So Ryan, we'll to- what's our token count right now? Ah. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Let's see. I need to do a quick tally. I should have had my paper prepared. It's back there somewhere. Um, let's <laughs> see. Uh, Adam has one. Ben has one. Oh, Didn't I'm talking you... about Edge. Oh, Edge. Edge, sorry. Natalie has four. Ethan, Danny, and Amber all have one from Carrying the Logs. So it's four, one, one, one. Tyson has one because he spent one on peanut butter and he just got one in this episode. So Tyson has one as well. <laughs> then we go to... Um, Rob, Rob now has three tokens. Parvati has zero. And Sam, Sandra's gone. And Yule has zero. Remind me how Tyson has another token. So Tyson had found, Tyson had no tokens as of last week. He then found the token on the tide when it was about the rocks. And he got one token. He then, um, sorry, no, oh, sorry. Right. He got, yeah, so he, he found the, um, the, I didn't get the token last week. No, so he found the advantage. He found the uh, idle nullifier. He sold it to Parvati for one token. Right. Spent that on peanut butter, and now he has another token again. Do we think Rob? Here's the real question: Do we think Rob is going to give any fire tokens to Amber at all? Do you think he's gonna? Hell no. 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 I honestly, I think Amber might give hers to Rob. I, I think if it's because I think I do think we saw yeah. in the preview that we have the challenge to come back next week. I think Rob and Amber say, listen, you have the better shot to come in. I'll pull my tokens with you. Go, go get it. Yeah, it's that definitely a possibility. And right after this whole, we, we did have a Wait, long time, time. Out, time out. We have a question. Can they buy their way back in with tokens? Thank you, Amanda. So the way tokens work to my understanding is that they can't buy their way back in, but they can spend them on advantages in the challenge. So next week they're going to have a challenge to get back in the game and you can use up to three tokens to buy three advantages in the challenge. And okay. Just to just to clarify, I, I know Ryan, you're definitely the type who probably paused your TV to count all the setups. No, no, no. <laughs> but are are we sure that the challenge to get back in is next week, or are they going to wait? And so then we, maybe bring multiple people back. So we didn't see it in the preview. I feel like Jeff would have said they're coming back in. But before Jeff said that we are going to merge, we saw a clip of the beach. If you want to go back and look at the preview where you saw like eight different stations of the challenge. And if we count who's on the edge, we have Natalie, Amber, Ethan, Danny, Tyson, Rob, Parv, and now Yule. So I feel like if the math adds up, we're going to have a challenge next week. I'm shocked they didn't show it in the preview. But there's eight stations and we're going to merge. It's very likely that right now we're at 11. 
one person comes back and we merge at 12. That's my thinking. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of time back on edge if that certainly is the case. Then we turn to Dakal right after the edge of extinction, the edge of extinction extinction scene where we have uh, we have a kind of preview towards what was going to happen uh, post merge, where we have it looks like Jeremy, Denise, and Kim look like they're three going strong forward. And by the way, that's an amazing alliance. I love it. I love it. And love then it. Tony looks to be on the outs but at this point now that they're now that they're making the merge i feel like they are going to probably drag him along with them as a number and maybe even sarah also if sarah still wants to align with tony wait so is the merge definitely next week i didn't i pulled a half and didn't watch the preview clay well i yeah. wouldn't be uh, a little bit surprised but so it's definitely happening i'm, I'm sorry for seeing a little bit behind on this oh hey, no, being surprised is awesome so that's the way t- television should be watched we should not have an idea of what's going on next episode. That's part of the idea of watching things live. But uh, yeah, apparently we're going to merge next episode. Yeah, I'm listen, listen, I love the alliance of Denise, Jeremy, and Kim too. I love those players. But as long as Tony stays safe, that's what I care about, honestly. So let's talk potential potential alliances at the merge. Could we have those four on to call? Plus Tony brings in Sarah, who also brings in Sophie. Is that a is that a solid six there? I could see a um well it's interesting actually, because I think we could have a, you know, uh Sophie, um God, I'm trying to remember everybody. Uh Sophie, Sarah, Tony, along with Denise, Kim, and Jeremy. We could have a six there. Um and I think it could be Yara and to call against Stella, especially now that Nick and Wendell stab Yule in the back. If Sophie and Yule are really tight, like we saw them in the premiere, Sophie might get really upset by that. So, yeah, we Jordan, you're right. We could see red and green team up against blue, but I'm not sure. Thank you for using colors, Ryan. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I probably for some people I should use the co- colors. Yeah. Um, and yes, Amanda, we are all team cops are us, uh, Tony and Sarah all the way. I am yeah. not, I don't like Sarah, but I'm team Tony. <laughs> And speaking of speaking of the of the green tribe Yara, there was that crazy scene at the very uh, you know in the middle of the episode where Adam was just bugging out who could have the idol, who could have the idol, and and he was like so convinced that everyone was fake looking, like pulling a Tyson in season twenty seven and just fake looking. And meanwhile, Sophie, who played it off amazing, is the one who had the idol, and everyone and the target that Adam was on was Sarah, which was I mean really good job of Sophie just playing that off so well. Can I can I comment on that? Yeah, of course. What what did Sophie do that was so convincing? She just kind of sat there and said, "Yeah, yeah, they might have it." That she she didn't do anything. Adam kind of handed a silver platter over to her. She didn't really do much. Am I wrong there, Annie? Annie's frozen. Oh, she is. Oh, she's slow. <laughs> oh, and, no, Annie, we can't hear you and, and Annie, Annie, Annie is out again uh sorry yeah this is this is live stream new thing going on over here we're just trying to adjust uh you know having difficulties uh pretty much like everything else in the world right now so uh it happens but right. Ryan I'll let Ryan I'll let you respond to this one look I'm gonna defend my girl Sophie right here for a lot of reasons and not just because she's on my draft team I will say, Amanda, I feel bad that Tony's your last fantasy player because I still have four out of five on my team, but I'm pulling for you as well with Tony. Um, listen, Jordan, this is what's besides being a challenge beast, because Sophie has dominated almost every challenge she's been in this season with the puzzle. The, 
Yeah, puzzles, physical components. Sophie is a physical beast, and you can't deny that. I agree. In terms that. of her social play, let's go to social now. She right away got pulled in by Yule. Yule sees her as a great ally, and then Kim went to her in the premiere and said, "I have to share an idol with somebody." Doesn't even think about Tyson. Says, "I'm going to share it with Sophie because I can trust her." And now Sarah works with Sophie. Ben likes Sophie. Sophie is an amazing social game. So she's got physical and social. And now with strategy, she not only founds an idol, but when Adam asked her point blank, do you have an idol? She just was like, no, didn't even flinch. And I feel like she's playing up this narrative. I guarantee you, listen, I'm not the world's biggest Adam fan, even though he's on my team. But I do think that Adam's going to now fall back into the shadows during the merge. I think if the Green Tribe went to Tribal these last few times, I think Adam would have been on the outs and gone. But I do think Sophie has been building this narrative of the three of us against him. So that's why I think Sophie's great, Jordan. That's fair. I respect that argument. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, I do think she's doing a really good job of playing this kind of down low, play it dumb game. Like she had no, she had no target. She had no, (laughs) Sophie had, Sophie had no target on her back uh, going into this game. And I think she knows that. And she's kind of, you know, Adam wasn't even like considering Sophie and then like, like when he did bug out, he was like, Sophie, do you have it? She was just like, no, like she played it all. She's playing it off very well. She's made the relationship. She has an idol. And I think Sophie's position positioned pretty well going into the merge. But as we know, anything could happen once the merge happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just to move on to the immunity challenge. Um, I know they referenced it in the episode, but I know Ryan will know as well. Where and what season was this immunity challenge played on? Okay, let me put on my nerd glasses here for a second. So this was challenge we saw back in David versus Goliath. This was next season that he won. Um, they've done challenges like this before, but I think that this is like the second time they did this exact challenge of carrying the heavy disc with the water over the balance beams to the puzzle board where you put it in there. And Jeff was right. Nick's tribe got completely smoked. Granted, the purple tribe, they lost somebody and they got knocked down to three. It was uh, Nick, Mike, and Angelina. Ironically, they were the final three. So, you remember who was in the challenge? So, some people, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so basically, Jeff was right. At, um, Nick's team didn't even get to the puzzle because they were so physically worn out, they couldn't even carry the disc anymore. So, it was a complete blowout. Nick almost won it this time and still has lost this challenge every time he's played it. So, absolutely tough tough physical challenge especially when carrying that heavy thing all together and going over beams together but very easy puzzle to cap it off but of course even though it was an easy puzzle and you know everyone everyone had the same puzzle obviously but sophie of course i know they had a little bit of a head start but she once again wins the puzzle um and then i know wendell is getting a lot of hate for you know yelling at jeff and maybe being cocky as people would call it during the challenge. But I know Hef did mention before that if you haven't seen it, season 36, he did get screwed on that same type of thing. So I do, I do think it's fine that Wendell was acting like that, but what a right down to the wire. Jeremy puts the final piece in right before Jeremy and Denise put the final piece in right before Michelle and Wendell are, and Sally is headed back to tribal council. Another great close challenge. I will say actually that I do think that, the green tribe going slow is the right move because you do save a lot of water. I do feel like it's really risky though. Cause imagine if you get to the end of the balance and you, and you spill it all now, you, not only did you waste all that time, but they're going to complete their second trip. So I feel like it's the right move in that type of challenge to go really slow to conserve water, but you have to be extremely careful. Cause if you go that slow, 
and then you drop it, you're out of the challenge. But I do think yeah, it is a right move, though. I agree with you, Ryan. If they had one more mess up, they probably wouldn't have gotten it. They, they, they like, came down to nearly the last drop to release the puzzle pieces. It was really close. But it, it worked, though. It, it was a risky strategy, but it paid off. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And a lot of credit to them because I think that, like, this includes me. I don't know about you guys. And we may have referenced it on a few of the prior podcasts. But I pretty much think that I thought at least that once Rob was voted out and once they lost that first um, challenge, I thought that they were just going to tumble. It was just going to be like they lose, they lose again, they lose again. Because they did seem like the physically weaker tribe, but they've really put it together. You know, yeah. led by Sophie, who's been phenomenal in the puzzles, and gotta give gotta give credit to them that those four did get through the merge. Yeah, uh, quick thing, Jake in the chat says, "Do we think that the edit made it look uh, closer?" I feel like the edit can always play around with whether things are close or not. We I've heard interviews with players that say both sides. There was a challenge that looked really close, but they weren't even in the same zip code. Then there were other challenges where it looked you know really far apart, but it was down to the wire. I think Jake, it comes down to, you know, the editing. I think the key that you need to look for is that if you in the shot, if you can see both of them doing the puzzle at the same time, if it's happening in real time, you know, it's close, but if they're cutting back and forth, it could be played up. That's what I think. Hey, come back and come back in here. A. Eh? Oh, Annie knows everything. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, a great challenge. And Sele is headed back to tribal council. Um, look, once this happens, I know that maybe based on last week, and we are we have Annie in again here. Um, based on last week, um, some people may have thought that it was just going to be an easy three to one vote with Michelle going home. But I also thought to myself, Michelle is such a great social player. She's shown throughout her time on season thirty two and now that she's been very, very reliable, a reliable alliance member. So I was thinking those three guys, they're probably all thinking to themselves, I want, I want Michelle on my side going forward in this game. So I pretty much had a feeling that she was going to be safe. Um, but then, and I, and I thought that it, there was a decent chance Wendell was going to go home just because of the edit. And as Hef said, the MVPs of this season have been the editors. There have been so many episodes where I always, I think it's this one person and it ends up being another and not in a million years. If you told me, if you told me before this episode that you was going to go home, I would have been shocked. And I was shocked because he just, he had that vibe where he felt like he was going to go really far in this game. And next thing you know, boom. Mm-hmm. Amanda, what do you know? You know everything. What do you know? Annie. Oh, it's Annie, I will say. Wait, 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 wait. What did I say? <laughs> Shout out Amanda. I know she's watching right now. Okay, too many A names. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry, Annie. I mean, no, no it's okay. That was also like half a joke. Um, have we talked about how Michelle gave her fire token to Wendell? Yes, but I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I know she was trying to make amends, but at some point, if, if Rob's not giving his fire tokens to his wife, like, no shot Michelle should be out here giving her fire tokens to Wendell. She doesn't owe him anything. I mean, they're on the same tribe, so they kind of have to make do. But at the end of the day, like, she, should, she shouldn't be acting like she has former relationships with these people if she's going back. And, I mean, I forget her history with the Poker Alliance, but if she's going back and criticizing that, then she should in no way be kind of trying to play up her relationship with Wendell. That's my Tyron has entered the chat. Oh boy. <laughs> Annie has fans. I know all my fans are watching. Ah, uh, shout out uh BBs if you're watching too. <laughs> Dude, I literally told all my friends to watch this. But anyway, anyway, back to um back to Pod Talk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I have to say on that. 
I agree with you for what it's worth. I think it was very dumb for her to give to Thank give God. Wendell her uh, her token. I mean, I think he, I will say this though. I do think it was risky play, but it's kind of interesting though. Don't you, don't you guys think because when they get back to camp after losing the challenge, Michelle's name isn't even brought up. We don't even see the three guys going. Okay, it's obvious it's, it's Michelle, right? We see right away they are saying, okay, it's going to be Wendell. Wendell blew the challenge. He's gone, and then we see. Nick and Michelle formulate this plan to take out Yule. We never see them say, okay, guys, Michelle is Evo. So maybe the fire token plus Michelle maybe likes Yule to work together. I feel like it wasn't maybe that bad of a move, maybe. Do you think Yule sealed his fate by doing that one, making that one comment about trying to earn Wendell's fire tokens? Is that, or do you think that they probably would have targeted him were it not for him making that one strategic move? I I personally feel like it, it could be a part of it. it. I don't think it's the straw that broke the camel's back, but I feel like if you add everything up, it makes sense. Like that comment plus Yule being a huge threat and a strategic beast, coupled with the fact that, you know, we can't let him get to the merge. Wendell could be a unlikable shield for us. I think if you add it all up, it probably led to Yule going home. Also, the other biggest thing is that we keep hearing Michelle, because everybody has a, st a story this season. You know, Ethan's story is that I overcame cancer. I can overcome the edge. You know, um, Sandra's story was like, I have nothing left to prove. I'm leaving on my own terms. But we see that Michelle's story is, I got the win. Nobody respects me for my win. I'm here to prove it this time. And I feel like that's why she's making these big plays. So I feel like if, just like with Denise last week taking out Sandra, if Michelle sees a chance to take out Yule Kwan, She's going to take it. So I feel like all that added up is why that happened. Ryan, your opinions are a breath of fresh air. I love it. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, Jordan. But what do you think? I agree with you. I mean, it's definitely a culmination of Yule being a semi-physical threat, obviously strategic, very smart. And as you said, Wendell could be a pretty good shield for them at the merge. But uh, tip of the hat to Michelle for being for making it so she didn't get her name mentioned a single time. Definitely a testament to her social game mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, those three those three guys were very strong and they could have just said Michelle's the easy vote. Let's just make it another day. But again, so then, tip of the hat to my girl Michelle. So then, do you think that because those guys were tight, also with Sophie, do you guys think that when they merge? Sophie's going to go back to them and they'll take Sophie back in and say, we still want to work with you. Or do you think Sophie turns on them immediately? What do you guys think? I think that Sarah will go to the cops are us and she'll bring Sophie with her. So you don't think Sophie will even entertain working with Nick and Wendell now? You don't think? I think she might give them a, a little bit of, Oh, and goodbye to Annie for the fourth time. But I think that, I think that Sophie might give them a little to do be like, yeah, I can work with you. But then, I think that in her mind, she won't be entertaining it at all. So I think a major reason why Sophie and Sarah are going to be so glued together going forward is because Sarah has the information that Sophie has the idol. So I think that Sophie's going to be in a tough spot where she can't really, she can't really flip on Sarah. Like she could flip on Sarah, but if she does, Sarah needs to be the one to go. Otherwise, Sarah is going to start spreading the info about Sophie. So I do think that, um, like like you guys said. I think that Sarah does bring Sophie to DeKal and the Corp Cops Are Us, and I do think that that's the way the merge um, alliances end up going. But just to go back to what, when you know when we were talking about the Yule vote out and mm -hmm. Michelle's game. So first of all, I think Michelle is playing a phenomenal game. I think she has to be one of the. I think she has to be a favorite 
um, like remaining. She's probably in one of the best positions of the game. She's positioned herself really well socially. She has some great, great relationships. Um, just overall playing a really good game. I think that, you know, from the standpoint of Michelle and Wendell, if you're Michelle and you don't want to vote at Wendell, because let's just say there is an alliance there that's a little bit closer than the edit is letting on. I mean, you have the choice between taking out Nick and Yule, and you just got to look like, just listen to Yule talk. And I'm sure that like, like you said, Hef, do you think that sealed his fate? Probably not. But every single time he talks, like you said, game theory, like he just, he's so smart. He's such a threat. He's playing for a cause. He's loved by everyone. I think that that's just that move you have to make before he goes to the merge and possibly forms a bunch of other relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think that it makes a lot of sense. I just, I thought Yule was going to get there. I thought Yule and Ethan both were players where they are big threats, for, like for their either their story or their smarts, but they would still get there. And I guess just seeing them go out early is pretty shocking. Yeah, and now in the last four vote outs, so as, I don't know if, if, if everyone knows in here, but we have been doing a Survivor March Madness bracket. So we picked the 64 in what our opinion was the best Survivor players ever put them in a March Madness style bracket on Twitter. And we've been doing voting. We just got past the first round. Um, and the, and the round of 32, the second round will begin tomorrow, but the four one seeds in the, in the bracket were Rob, Par- uh, poverty, Sandra and Yule. All four of them have gone out the last four votes. Unbelievable. Plus you couple that with Tyson going out the vote before those four. And wow, we've had some devastating vote outs after having, you know, I, I know, I know all the players are great, but, let's like let's be honest the vote out of natalie and amber and danny is not on the same level as those players that have just been voted out so Bird, i have three words for you this is march this is march <laughs> is march i mean does that mean that we seated them properly like these are these were such big threats that they had to go out or did we not seat it properly no i think we did seat them properly it's just mm-hmm. like and i know you you know we were we were discussing this while while the show was going on and right after Ryan, you mentioned, do you think that the, and I want to kind of open this up to a conversation right now. Do we think that all the old school players getting voted out? So I believe that Sophie is the earliest remaining person left, which is pretty crazy, right? Yeah, that's correct. And do you, so Ryan asked the question, do you think that that's a testament to the old school game compared to the new school game that old school players are tied very much their alliances, whereas new school, they're kind of just willing to vote out the biggest threats. I have an opinion on this, and I think that the old school players, just because they've been around for longer, they're just viewed as the biggest threats. And a lot of them have played multiple times compared to a lot of the newer players have just played once or twice. So I do think that 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 plays a role as well. I'm not sure that the new school players are necessarily better than the old school players. I think that it's just perception that maybe led to their vote out. Yeah, Half, what do you think? So I'm reading what Amanda's saying, that old school is more about surviving and not gameplay. I actually don't agree with you on this one, Amanda. So that's actually, that's a fair, it's obviously a true statement, but I think the reason that we saw all the old school players leave first was because like I, you say the names, Yule, Tyson, Rob, Sandra, Parvati, and you're like, you get like the chills. You get really excited about that. How about this? Michelle, Ben, Adam. No, it's, it's not the same. Like it's not the same. Those those people were just dominant, and that's why they are on the season right now because they were just all beasts, and for that reason, enormous targets. But like these new school guys, they they're just really not the same the same caliber, and I think that's why 
that's why they're going to make it further in the game because they don't have as big of a target on their back. I, I do think it's a couple things, though. I think Amanda has a point, though, in that the game itself has evolved. I mean, just not, not just in terms of gameplay, but also like marketing. The show used to be about surviving, being in the wild, fishing, sleeping on bamboo. And it has evolved to be more about, you know, strategy and idols and advantages and maneuvers. So I do think the game has evolved. And I just think that these old school players, you're right, they are bigger targets just because they are, they are big games. But I do think that they come from a older time where, you know, you pick a group of people and you ride to the end and that's what it is. And then the newer players are just more used to, I mean, let's, let's even put aside idols and advantages because an old school player can still find an advantage, but their new school mindset is look, voting blocks. Like I'm, I'm going to flip back and forth to wherever it fits my needs best at that tribal. If I work with you night A and then night B, I can't work with you. I'm not going to vote with you again. So I feel like new school will usually triumph just because they have that more fluid way of playing. Um, because I, I do think a key example here is Danny, because you're right, Hef. I think that we should expect big old school names like Parvati, Yule, Sandra to go out because they are huge names. But Danny was set up so well in this game because she had an old school mindset and she's a very under the radar social player. That's why Danny won her Guatemala. But the reason why she went out is because she wanted to work with a group of, you know, Parvati and Rob and Ethan. And as soon as they showed any signs of, you know, you know, I'm not talking to you as much. She got doubt because she wanted to work with one group and she got scared. So she got paranoid and that's why she went home. So I feel like old school will always try to stay true. And if they can't figure out how to maneuver, they're going to get voted out. Okay, Ryan, I'll give you that. And hey, you got to give Rob credit for tapping into that new school mentality by finding three of the four fire tokens uh, today. But yeah, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, Ryan. It's just there's so many different factors, but I do want to give credit to the three biggest new school threats, uh, Jeremy, Tony and Kim, who are all in the game. And I mentioned this to Ryan prior to the podcast today. I think that Jeremy and Kim are not really being talked about at all right now in the game and outside the game, just in terms of conversation, they're doing a phenomenal job of just kind of underplaying their target, especially Kim, because you remember the first episode where it looked like Kim had a very, very decent shot of going home and Jeremy, honestly, because he was paired with Natalie. Those two players were, they, they were in trouble in episode one and they've really done a good job of just riding the ship, making sure that, you know, making sure that their target is not, you know, not huge. And that's something that I, that I think a lot of players did struggle with this season so far, and they're doing a really good job of that. So we'll see what happens. They could be, you know, one of the first boat uh, boots once the merge comes. We don't really know, but I do want to give them both credit for that. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, no, I do agree. I think that it's a couple of things. Um, Tony definitely evolved his game, especially coming from game changers where he went way too hard, too fast and was voted out second. And I think you're right where he's been doing a great job because he knows what his downfall was. So he tried to correct it by not going for idols and focusing more on a, on a funny social game. And that's why he's doing well. And I think you're right. I think Jeremy and Kim are playing an amazing game right now because they're very under the radar and they are, they are big names. Nobody is talking about them. Tyler, I hope you're wrong. I hope Kim is at the end. I hope you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Kim hopefully is not next, but I just think that not only are they great players that have been under the radar and they're so good that no one's talking about them, I think they're also helped by their early downfall. So Jeremy loses Natalie in the first vote and then Kim loses Amber in the second vote. 
And I feel like if you lose a major like piece to your puzzle, you're seen as less of a threat. So I feel like they can fall back and then play from there. Again, Jeremy and Kim are regarded as two amazing, like top 15, top whatever players. They're amazing. So the fact that they're not even being, you know, thrown around right now is a testament to their game. Ryan, I like that take because, I mean, that's that's kind of a survivor archetype, right? When you kind of get screwed over in the first couple of votes and you, and you kind of lose that target on your back in some, in some respects because people consider you as willing to do whatever it takes to make it further. And we saw, I think Tommy this past season was screwed out of the first vote and then he ended up winning. Same thing happened with... Um, Natalie, her season, she was her her uh, sister was voted out in the first in the first um in the first vote, and that was what propelled her to make it to the merge and then eventually win the game. So, I kind of like what you were thinking there, and I think that's part of the reason that nobody's really talking about Jeremy right now, and he's been able to kind of skate by. Mm-hmm. And you could say this about several people: Tyson, Tyson's wife was voted out early in yeah. his season, also that he won. Yeah. So, I do think that really helps them. And let's not, and I know I keep bringing this up every, every time I know people want to see the big players make flashy moves and big moves, but that's not always the right move. And I do want to point out that the way that Jeremy was able to get all the way to the end of season 31 and end up winning is that he kept the the huge big name targets, Joe Wentworth, all those people he kept around as long as he possibly could. He literally kept Wentworth around until I know that she, she did her job in getting there as well, but he, he was pretty much, he, he, she was there until the final four until she literally couldn't be there anymore. That's something that is def- has to be in Jeremy's mind in a season like this. Yeah. And I think that somebody who's going to do well at the merge as well is Denise, because not only did Denise make a big move, but I feel like no one's going to be really looking at Denise. Now Kim even said that she wants to work with her. Jeremy got saved by Denise. Um, and Denise said, Dylan, to your point, sometimes you don't need to make big moves and Denise thrives on her social game. She's a therapist she does well by connecting with people and making small, subtle moves, and she'll be kept along. So, yeah, I think, honestly, everyone's a call is doing well. Jeremy, Kim, Denise, Tony, if they can make it, that's my final four. I'm very happy with that final four, honestly. You want to talk final fours right now before we wrap up? I have a question for you guys. For sure, we can talk about final four. What's your question? No, you go first. Oh, um, so my final four is going to be Tyson, who I predicted, who I not Tyson, Tony, who I predicted at the very beginning. Michelle, Jeremy, and Nick. Yeah, I mean, look. To be fair, I don't think that will be the final four. Like the the call, like red. I don't think that will be the final four. But I'm saying, if that is my final four, I'm very happy. Okay. Yeah. Um. But no, my question to you guys was uh, really quickly. A since I think we're going to have the return challenge next week um, with those eight different stations, who do you guys think is going to come back? And if you can't pick one, maybe pick like the top three, who's going to come back in. And then if you can think about it, who would be the merge boots? So I guess I'll go first. Um, I feel like the three likeliest people to come back from the edge is Natalie because she has four tokens and she's a beast already. She can buy a lot of advantages. Tyson, because he's already a big threat in challenges and he bought the peanut butter and then this might seem like a weird pick but uh i don't know for the last one i could see uh maybe ethan i feel like we're seeing a lot I of knew you're gonna say that i feel like no ethan will a lot of his because look his story is either gonna be he survived a lot and he came back after all of his struggle and he survived 
or his story is I'm going to survive on the edge, but I would think Natalie Tyson or Ethan will come back. That's my guess. I think that Natalie will not come back. I think that she's kind of being edited to be a front runner that will, that, that will eventually be a disappointment. I think my lock is Tony followed by Rob. You mean Tyson? Oh my God. I did it again. Tyson <laughs> followed by Rob. Dylan, what do you think? So, all right. So I'll name, I know I'm naming half, but I think my top four right now have to be um, Natalie and Rob, Natalie and Rob definitely because of the fire tokens and they're mm-hmm. probably going to get an advantage Tyson, because he's just a beast in challenges. And like, you have that stat, Ryan, he has the best record in challenges or one of them ever. And I do think that, I don't know, I have this gut feeling today. And I feel like that a lot of the players who've gotten voted out have had an episode, like a, a few of the players on the edge, kind of like Rob, has ha- they've had like that episode all about them and then they get voted out and it's kind of like their send-off. I have it in my gut feeling. I feel like we did not see the end of Yule tonight. And I know why. I know that we, I know that like, yeah, he's he's on edge. He got voted out. And I know we'll see him next week um, in the challenge. But I, I, I just, I have a gut feeling that he may come back, but and he's definitely you know physically, physically and, me- and mentally good enough to get back in. Um, if I had to pick one right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to what I said before and say Tyson gets back. I agree. Uh, if I had to rank it, I would say Tyson one, Natalie two, Rob, uh, and Yule tied for three. I can agree with that. I mean, I would love Parvati to come back. So I'm a huge Parvati fan, and she has won a lot of challenges in Heroes versus Villains. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, mean, I agree like, with that. Like, like you said, it's probably going to be some like Parvati's done well in a lot of the endurance type challenges, mm-hmm. um, and we know that likely. I mean, we're, we're not for sure, but at least on the preview of next week, they're going to have some kind of puzzle plus physical part. Like, it's not going to be just hanging on a pole or standing yeah. in place for however mm-hmm. long you could. So, um, yeah. but I, I do want to. I know that this is our first live stream. I do want to open it up to questions. If we have any questions, then the in the chat right now that we could answer. Um, I'll open it up to the chat. Um, but if we don't get any, if we don't get any um, questions in the chat, I'll open it up to you guys and say any other predictions you might have going forward. Well, I know, before, I know Ryan, Ryan, Ryan said, um, maybe predict the first, first boot at the merge. Well, I mean, look, I, I can't yeah. even predict that the merge boot is so hard to predict. Sometimes it's a, huge threat sometimes it's a easy vote i feel like this could go anywhere honestly i don't even know where it's gonna land i'll I'll, I'll throw a shot in the dark and i'll say the merge boot could be um i I don't even i I don't even know who the merge boot could be maybe I, i can't even give a name maybe denise i don't know so here's my prediction on that one i think that Ben, um, Ben and Adam will be in a position of power that could potentially swing the vote. So I think they're definitely going to be safe. With that in mind, I think they're going to swing over to Decal, a current Decal, which is red, which is Tony and all of them, and that will put Wendell to be the first merge boot. I could see, I could see Wendell being the merge boot as well, Jordan. That's a good pick. Yeah, I Thank think you, um, I th- I'm going to have to go with, I think that that's going to happen also. And even if it doesn't happen, even if they don't swing over, I'm pretty sure that if Sophie and Sarah move over, that they would still have the numbers. Am I correct on that? What was the question? If, 
I said, I agree. I said, I definitely think Sophie and Sarah are going to move over to the call side. And if they were to move over, that would be six. So it would depend on what the person, it would depend on what Adam and Ben plus the person who comes back would do. So that's very important to know. But let's just say that that side does have the power and Adam and Ben do switch over. Even if they don't, they are going to be in the middle, like just available for votes. So I do think that it is going to be one of Nick or Wendell next week that are in trouble. Um, I, I think that it may look, we never, you never know the merge boot could be the biggest threat and they could see Wendell as that big threat, or it could just be the easy vote, which could be maybe Nick. You never know. Yeah, I, think, I, I do think, I do think that those two are in trouble. Yeah. I think it could be Nick and Wendell. I also could see if Adam and Ben get into another fight. We saw this happen in a couple seasons where two people get into a fight at the merge, like Chris and Dominic back in ghost Island. And then, and then basically the tribe picks between what sides going to win of those two fights. So if it's not Nick or Wendell, I could see Adam and Ben getting into a fight and then the tribe decides Adam or Ben. That's what I think. Yeah, and Tyler in the comments just brings up that uh, Denise and Adam were very tight at the beginning of yeah. the season, which is true. So that could sway them possibly over to the call as well. Yep, good point. Although the question is with how loose Adam can be sometimes, does it does, now that Denise has Jeremy and Kim, does Denise want to work with Adam still? Or is she like, I don't need him anymore? Yeah, I mean, that's a decision that she has to make. I mean, I'm sure that Denise is not going to want to play a million sides like Adam was at the very beginning because then she's all of a sudden, sudden going to become a huge threat. Mm-hmm. So I think that – but I do think that – I think that Denise – and look, will this happen? I don't know. I think that if Denise decides she doesn't want to work with Adam, she's going to want Adam out of the game right away because otherwise Adam's probably going to go for her right away. So I think that is something to monitor as well. Yeah, and now Tyler's saying, forget what I said about Kim, she's chilling. I do think that we're going to see the rise of Kim because she had, like like we said, she was on the bottom at the start and now she's starting to rise back up to the top. And she even had a confessional this episode where she's like, listen, now I'm starting to get to a point where I have options. I, I won my season by being in control. I like options. I think we could see Kim make a big run at this now. I'm hoping. We have a question in the chat. Um what season should Amanda be watching during the quarantine? It's a great question, Amanda. Um, what do you guys think? When people ask me, when people ask me what seasons and shout out Jordan Silverstein, our friend from school, me and Hef's friend just at, you know, has been asking us, I said 31. So Amanda, Amanda is a seasoned, is a seasoned fan. So I don't know how much she's watched, but she's seen like the goat season. She's seen, she's seen like 31, 28 and 20. Yeah, I always I always tell people 31, 28, and 20, but I know another season that that I mean I'm sure you I'm sure if you're a Survivor fan, you've probably seen it, but 16 is phenomenal as well. Um if you want, like and I it sucks because that's not an HD because it was so long ago, but that's another great season. Yeah, I think Amanda, it's gonna come down to you know what seasons have you watched already? And like are you looking for like an all-new player season? Are you looking for returning players? Um but the boys are right, though. I mean, 28, Kageon's great. Heroes versus Villains, 20's great. 16 is great. I also would say 15, China's good. Philippines is a good season, too. Pearl Islands. Um, David versus Goliath was a great recent season. Um, I would even say the Token Chains is a good player as well. T- Token Chains is a great season. Tyler's right, 27's good as well. I mean, if you want, we can try to post a list either on Twitter or we can try to get a list out there to people that we recommend during this quarantine. Um, I could have sworn if everyone checks CBS on Twitter or CBS All Access, I could have sworn they're doing a free month now instead of a free yeah, week. Yeah. Maybe that, that's a good deal for you to catch oh, up wow. on Ryan, what was Cochran's season? What number? His first or his second? 
The one where he won. 26. Okay. Oh, Tyler likes that season. Yeah, I like that season a lot. Yeah. I, for me, it's like for me, and listen, I would love after the season because I don't know if you guys know this, but they suspended filming for 41 and 42 because of the quarantine. So we're having winners at war right now. I'm not sure when we'll have the fall season if it's gonna happen. Listen, right now, I know we're doing a Survivor March Madness. I would love to do a season ranking podcast or like a yeah, a tier ranking for the seasons, but for me. 26 is like a mid-tier season for me personally, Tyler. I agree with that. Mid-tier. That was a deep cut suggestion that I made. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's wrap things up here. Yeah. And uh, like like Ryan said, I do want to remind everyone that we are doing a Survivor March Madness bracket um, to decide who is the best Survivor player ever. And we actually had a ton of high engagement in the first yeah. round we even had some players chiming in rob cesarino versus chrissy they were talking trash in their matchup we had coach trying to politic his way to beat denise which did not happen and i believe that there was only one upset which was the number nine seed spencer over the number eight seed tina um which means to me that yeah it was chalk but what means to me is that we did a pretty good job of seeding so let's give ourselves credit there and midday tomorrow, um, the new voting will be up, and hopefully we see a ton of votes and more interaction from the old players. Yeah. Um, be- before we wrap up, I have a message from Annie. She says, I am sorry that I was unable to fully engage on the Soul Survivor podcast. I was. I want to give my sincerest thanks to Dylan, Hef, and Ryan for allowing me to contribute to such an integral part of survival fandom. Uh, I can only help. I can only hope that in the future, when I fix my computer problems, I can return to the pod with hotter takes than ever. So, thank you to Annie. We hope to have you, you on again soon. Yeah, thank Whoa. you to Annie. Uh, so, uh, not not uh, pretty unfortunate that it didn't work out this time with all the technology problems, but we are excited to have her back on at some point. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you could follow us at Soul Survivor Pod. Uh, looking forward to next week's episode. Looking forward to March Madness tomorrow. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.